Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian. Those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has thousands upon thousands of retail locations all over the United States, and they offer great batteries, right? Now, I got a buddy who is kind of a car nut, a truck nut, and he told me that I guess on the research that he's done for car batteries, Interstate Battery car batteries and truck batteries are some of the highest quality, most reliable truck batteries that they have on the market. I don't know anything about it. It's just what my buddy told me. So if you're looking for a new car or truck battery, you need to go to your local retail, uh, interstate battery retail shop and go pick one up because I guess they're badass. So I know I have one in my truck. Other than that, if you have TV remote controls, Interstate Batteries makes a battery for that. They make batteries for your rangefinder, your trail cameras, and basically any other electrical device for the most part that you use uh, while hunting or fishing or being outside. They also have a whole bunch of other little knick-knack products too, like uh, uh, my buddy Dan Spano. Uh, he is uh, a manager for his family's interstate battery retail location he got me some of these cool flashlights that have switches on them one of them looks like a lantern so they have a whole bunch of that stuff too if you want to find out more information about the kind of batteries that interstate batteries makes head on over to interstatebatteries.com or visit your local retail store hello and welcome to episode 73 of the ohio huntsman podcast and this is going to be our best of 2019 episode. So you, you've probably noticed that it's already 2020, that this episode is releasing in 2020. And I realize that, but uh, we wanted to get you, we wanted to get you guys muzzleloader content in that time slot, you know, with our, our weekly release schedule. Last week, we wanted to get you guys muzzleloader content before muzzleloader season so that's why that's why our best of 2019 episode is actually releasing in 2020 so hopefully you guys had a good new year hopefully everybody stayed safe 
had a good time, it was enjoyable, and all of that happy fun stuff. So this episode, like I said, is best of 2019. So what we did is the three of us went through and we sort of set out a couple questions that we were that we were going to answer. We all answered the same questions. So things like our favorite hunt from 2019, um, favorite new piece of gear for this season, uh, favorite non-hunting outdoors memory, things like that. And we just thought it would be a cool way to reflect on 2019 tell some stories of you know things that happened this year things that we tried that worked or didn't work um and like i said just reflect on 2019 how it went what went well what what we can learn from it and uh take it into 2020 so before we get into that before we get into those questions i want to talk about our sponsor monster whitetail grub monster whitetail grub is a premium deer feed company and the reason I say they're a premium deer feed company is they try to source all of their ingredients from Ohio even down to the packaging and we've just got I mean I mean it sounds cheesy but we've just got premium results from this product so that's why I say it's a premium product it's a high protein feed it's got mineral mixed in and you know what else can I say it, it's worked for us we've had good success with it and like we mentioned in our um, our, our muzzleloader episode, if you're still trying to fill some of those late season tags, feed is a great way to get deer, you know, coming in on a pattern. And you can fill some of those, those last tags you still have in your pocket. So, if you're interested in trying some of that stuff before the season ends, or you want to supplement feed your deer through the winter to get them through the hard hard winter months even after season closes or you want to get mineral out for the spring any of that stuff you want to start getting geared up for that check them out they're a good company good group of guys and let them know we sent you and with that let's get into this week's episode Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? Okay, so today on the podcast, since we are into... 2020, hard to believe, right? We thought it would be cool to kind of do a best of looking back on 2019. So this is a this is our, uh, I guess, best of 2019. That's probably that's probably what I'll call this episode. So we we came up with a list of things, I guess, that that we all came up with uh, answers to. So we're going to run through these things and just kind of be a way to recap our year uh, recap our, our year hunting recap our year you know uh, how things not how things went with our family but just you know things that we did with our family that that stood out and and just some cool new stuff we tried or or you know cool new products or, or things that we that we tested tried new things we did this year so that's what we're gonna do with this one and so, to kick it off, the first one is favorite hunt from 2019. 
So, who wants to start? One of you guys want to start, or should I go? I don't want to repeat one of your guys's. So why don't you guys go, and then I can, if I, if mine is one of your guys's, I can come up with a different one. Well, and I'm I'm curious to to see how many duplicates we come up with because we do a lot of our sort of outdoor uh, activities together, and so I'm wondering. I'm curious to see if we all came up with unique things or if there if there's going to be a lot of duplicates. So I can start. So my favorite hunt from 2019 was actually our dove hunt that we did in the what is that spring summer summertime. I uh, that was the first definitely dove. summer. I mean it's September. September is when dove season is. Oh man, I don't know why. It just felt like it was yeah. it wasn't a lot spring. longer. It was it was summer fall, I would call it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I really <laughs> Oh, how time flies. Um yeah, of course cuz the yeah, oh wow. I just re- remembered that you know that the 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 corn was you know yellowing and uh, yeah, so I don't Yeah, it was boy. like the weekend weekend before opening day, I think. Yeah, I uh Maybe two weeks before. I don't know. Somewhere in there. I remember we were worried about not blowing up the deer woods. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm new to this dove hunting thing, though. So that was, uh, I don't know, that was our that was our first dove hunt. And it. I just really enjoyed that. You know, you, you, you don't have to be super quiet. It was a learning experience. We all got shots. Um you know, we all, it was the three of us, our dad, Jeff, your wife was there, you know, and so it was just a, a good time, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of fun, and we went home with doves. And so that, that yeah. I think for me was my, my favorite hunt from 2019. Yeah, we all at least got one, didn't we? Or Jacob, did you get one? Jacob might not have. Well, I shot one we never found it we found uh, we like blood trailed it but we never found the actual bird right okay we found, we found blood under the tree i shot it out of but it fell into some thick nasty prickery and we never actually got the bird out of there i don't know we looked we looked jason and i looked and looked and looked yeah i mean it's we're, not like we didn't go in there we went in there we just we could not find we could not find this bird yeah, they like oh. to land in those dead trees, which tend to have pricker thickets underneath of them. So when they're coming in the land and you shoot them, they fall in those prickers and sometimes they disappear. Yeah. You know, they're, sometimes they're too light to hit the ground. So then you got to look, you know, six foot up in a pricker thicket and try yeah. to pick them off the top. Right. So, Jake, what was your favorite hunt from 2019? This is a tough one for me because I had a lot of really fun slash good hunts. It was I'd say this was probably one of my best years for enjoyable hunts. Yeah. Um, I mean, the dove hunt was fun. That was new. That was cool. I like that because, again, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows that I don't sit real still well. So that's a good kind of hunting for me, being able to move around and not, you know, be super stationary. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, believe it or not, the first hunt we had of the year, the muzzleloader hunt, 
despite the fact that I totally botched it, that was a really fun hunt because the deer did exactly what we wanted them to do. <laughs> I mean, we were, I, I shouldn't say we, I was doing all kinds of shooting. I just couldn't hit anything. Yeah. I had, I didn't even think about them because yeah, you're right. Muzzleloader, it, you know, it was the 2018 season, but technically muzzleloader falls in the, you know, the next calendar year. So that would be a, a you know, that did happen in 2019. So yeah, I hadn't even thought about muzzleloader but yeah that was a fun day in the woods again it's there's a common theme here uh all of us were together um you know out at grandpa's farm and we had a good old time we got into the deer we harvested a few and missed a lot more (laughs) yeah but yeah that was a good time um another hunt that i really enjoyed is i took my daughter out for the well, I took her out last year technically, but um, for the first real time, I took her out this year. So that was a really cool hunt. We were able to harvest a small doe. Um, well, you know, What's she was favorite. You got to have a favorite, though. Oh, I would say my favorite would be the hunt with Lily. OK. Um, just because I was able to share that with her and she it really built a passion at least early i mean she's still little but she really enjoys that she really enjoyed it which is cool because that's all i wanted out of it was her to have a really good time and us to i mean obviously be successful that's what makes it fun but i would say that's my favorite just because of the sentimental part of it um it was just cool to have her there and enjoy it and be a part of it so well, and I, I think it's it's interesting or or telling or, or maybe maybe supports you know some of the things that we've talked about in the past that the hunt the hunt where you got your big giant buck and I know I kind of cut you off you know wasn't even on the list or, or wasn't your favorite hunt you know it, you mentioned hunts where we were all together and hanging out and hunting together and you know, that camaraderie. And so I right. think that's right. interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody likes to shoot big bucks. So that was cool, but that was, I was by myself, <laughs> you know, right. I mean, after I shot it, you know, dad came and helped and the neighbor was there and that's all cool. But I'm, you know, as we've talked before, camaraderie family, that's kind of the hunting we were brought up on. So that's kind of what resonates with me. Yeah. Okay. So Jeff, what, what, where do you fall on this one? Well, you guys stole my two. Um, cause I had dove hunting as my favorite, but then I had the muzzle loader as a backup, as a backup. <laughs> and I thought there's no way that you guys are going to say that because technically, you know, that's the 2018 season, but it yeah. was this year. So I was like, you know, that's a safe backup. Right. Um, but beyond those two, uh, I think my next favorite hunt this year um, was taking my niece out uh, for youth gun season. Um, you know, I we were able to see some deer. Uh, she had some shots, so you know and that that was a lot of fun seeing her excitement and you know because she was sitting there the first you know opening day youth season. She's sitting there kind of bored, like okay, you know, like why are we just sitting here on this edge of this field? Like 
you know, this doesn't seem, you know, aren't deer in the woods kind of thing. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. She's kind of sitting there like, oh, I think he's steering me wrong here. And then, you know, all of a sudden here comes the deer and, you know, it, it was a little bit more challenging because the deer knew we were there. So they were cautious and they didn't want to come out into the shooting lane. And, you know, she took her time and, you know, waited till she had a good shot. And she wasn't she's not a very experienced shooter. So, you know, we had to once the deer were there, then she was struggling to find them in the scope. And but, you know, it was a lot of fun. Well, so. well and that that uh, that hunt was a. Uh a year or so in the making, right? You, you know, you kind of planned it. And then I know you had spent some time, you know, cause you guys don't live in the same area. So you had spent some time down there, uh, or maybe they came up here. I don't remember, but, but shooting and, and, you know, practicing with the gun that she was going to use. And there was a lot of planning and, and, uh, build up to that hunt. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was, there was a lot of planning. I mean, yeah. because she didn't really grow up shooting much. Um, but she said she wanted, you know, she had been saying that she wanted to hunt for some time now. And, you know, I didn't really take her all that serious until it was, you know, year three of her saying it. And it's like, all right, if you want to go hunting, we'll go hunting. You know, we got to put in some work, but we'll do it. Yeah. And she, she put in the work and. I mean, she did everything right. We just didn't end up harvesting a deer. I think if we were better turkey hunters, I think spring turkey would be a good way to introduce youth to to hunting also. But we're just to be honest, we're just not uh, we just don't always have a ton of success uh, spring turkey hunting. Yeah, and what turkey hunting when it's when it's on, when they're gobbling is a lot of fun when you're just hiking the woods and can't find a bird to even gobble it's pretty frustrating or hiking the woods in the rain like this spring yeah yeah so it's hit or miss for sure yeah okay so now from that we're going to move into favorite new piece of gear so i guess i'll go first on this one as well so this one, you know, because I, I, I have a couple new things, and, I, and I've been happy with, uh, with most of them, but, you know, I talked in, in previous episodes about switching to a fixed blade broadhead this year. So now that I've had some time to, to use the broadhead, I've sh- you know, I've shot some deer with it, it uh, I think that's my favorite new piece of gear. I, I went with the, uh, the Magnus black hornet four blade and so it's a it's a fixed blade broadhead it's not a replaceable blade um if i guess if you're not familiar with the the black hornet heads they've got one thing that really kind of sold me on them is they've got a lifetime warranty on them they can be resharpened so they've got a thicker blade that i i can put in my sharpener and resharpen these blades and then the really cool thing because a lot of times on a fixed blade you get a you know, as compared to a, a mechanical, you get a pretty small, you know, you get an inch and a sixteenth or something kind of cutting diameter versus some of these mechanicals, you know, you're up 
two inches or better, you know. But these ones actually have a um, an inch and a quarter main blade and then a seven-eighths bleeder blade. So if you add up all that, that cutting edge, it, it comes in at like two and an eighth inches of, of total cut. So been happy with their performance and they sharpen back up pretty easy, you know, with the, with the sharpening system I have, you know, they, they sharpen back up pretty easy and they've worked well for me this year. So I think that's my favorite new piece of gear this year. And, and one thing I'll note, because people always ask us, well, we're going to put links, any, any products that we mention, there'll be links to that stuff in the article that we, that we create for this. So That'll, you know, because everybody's always asking, well, well, what what was that product you mentioned or how do I find it and things like that. So there'll be links in the show notes on how to find all this stuff. So who's up next? Uh, I guess I can go. Um, I didn't do too much in terms of new gear this year, so I don't have a ton to pick from. But one thing I did get this year uh, that I do like is I got a new backpack. Um, in the past, the backpack I was using didn't have a ton of pockets. Um, so it was just kind of everything goes in one pocket type thing, which is fine until you're looking for something specific, you know, you're up in the tree and you're looking for a certain call or your grunt tube and everything's just in one big pouch. You're digging around, moving a lot. Um, so I went with, um, the Alps Outdoors Trailblazer backpack, um, and it, like I said, it's got a lot more pockets. It's, um, which is nice. You can organize things, um, so that was kind of cool that I was able to kind of keep things separated a little bit, which um, helped, especially in the heat of the moment when you're looking for something. Or in the past, I know I ran into issues where, like, I would be halfway through gutting the deer and I'm looking for a Ziploc bag to put the heart in or something. And if it's not compartmentalized out, I have to dig through everything and I'm getting blood everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I went with a new backpack this year. Uh, it's like I said, it's not anything on the super high end, which is also kind of nice, I guess for people, if you're interested, um, you know, it's not a $300 backpack. Um, it does have a little bit of support too, which is nice. Like, I don't want to call it a frame, but it's a little bit stiffer, uh, which kind of helps with support when you start loading it down, carrying a stand on your back, plus a backpack and that kind of stuff. Um, so like I said, it was the Alps Outdoors Trailblazer pack. Um, and I had pretty good success. I mean, I was able to keep things separate. Like I said, I was able to, it carried well even though it um, isn't super high-end. I mean, it, it's got a nice waist belt, which helps kind of redistribute the weight. So I enjoyed that. It was I'm happy with that purchase. Cool. All right, Jeff, what do you got? So I'm not just saying this because they're a sponsor of the show, um, but I'm really excited about the Mastin Scent Stacker. I've been using that this year. Um, and... While I haven't had any definitive like proof results, um, I really like it. It seems to work well. You know, it's a it's a deer scent candle um, in a container, if you will. That then also you can put 
deer a tray of deer scent on the top, which heats up and aerosolizes. And I really like it. I it's cool being able to put out deer scent and it be, you know, fifteen yards from me and I can smell it. Right, yeah. You know, if I can smell it, then I know the deer can too. You know, especially in below freezing temperatures where, you know, your traditional sense will freeze. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, you know, what am I doing here using the scent? Like, I can see it freezing, you know, over there. And so if it's a frozen block of something, like, the deer can't really smell that. Well, right. yeah. this kind of completely eliminates that problem because it's warm and it's it's getting into the air. And even when it's cooler, it's even better because you can kind of see exactly where that scent is going because it's, you know, creating steam and you can see that steam drift off. Oh, yeah. I never even thought about that it kind of it kind of in a way works as a wind indicator also right yeah yeah it works kind of as a wind when it's cold yeah yeah i mean when it's warmer it's it still kind of does but you can't tell as much when it's cold you can you can see the steam kind of drifting off and sometimes if you it, it can help you know where to put your scent too because you can put it somewhere where it blows one direction and your wind's blowing another direction so then your scent and you know your human scent and your deer scent aren't going to the same place right you know so i i'm really excited about it i like it um i haven't really had any definitive results like where you know deer's walked right up to it but i've had it out when i've seen deer and um it it seems to be working so far um i've had other results with the mass and scents you know i know the scents work you know just the liquid scents mm-hmm. um i did have some results with that where uh, a young buck it winded me it was coming into the scent it got directly downwind of me winded me but it still it worked its way all the way around me giving me plenty of shot opportunities because it had to get to the source of that scent you know it had to know what it was right it walked straight up to the source of the scent realized that there was no deer there and then left that's cool so yeah. All right. So the next thing we were going to cover is our favorite non-hunting outdoor memory. So we already talked about our our favorite hunt from 2019. So this would be a non-hunting outdoor uh, event or something that happened outdoors in 2019. So for me, where I went with this one was the BHA cleanup we did at Spencer Lake. That was that was just a cool experience. I, I'd never done anything like that. It was cool to one, you know, it was, it was a different group of people, right? It was, it was guys and girls from BHA who had partnered with the division of wildlife 
and the Medina Raptor Society. And so there was, you know, it was a, it was a diverse group of people and it just made you feel good. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a trailer load of trash and glass and empty shotgun shells and stuff that were, were picked up and you got to hang out with a, a cool group of people. They had a, a cookout afterwards. And so I just really enjoyed that. That was, that was a, a good experience. And I, I would highly, highly encourage anybody that has the opportunity to participate in that. You know, if it's BHA puts on a good event, you know, good cleanup events like that. But you know, if there's other saying the Wayne national forest does a cleanup event or something, you know, I, I would encourage anybody to participate in an event like that because I don't think you'll regret it. So Jake, where, what, where did you come in with this one? Non-hunting outdoor memory. Well, I didn't have the opportunity to go on the BHA cleanup. I was on vacation when you guys did that, but, right. um, the way I took it or where I took it is, um, in the spring I go down to our hunting cabin. Um, it's sort of a hunting loose hunting trip. I mean, we do, I try to do some shed hunting while I'm down there. Um, but in the past, you know, it's depending on the year. Sometimes my wife goes, uh, this last year she didn't go. It was, but my daughter went, Jeff, his wife were down, uh, were down and dad came down. So again, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but time with family in the outdoors, um, that's always special to me. So that was a good weekend, um, just to spend with family and be outside and continue to introduce, uh, Lily to the outdoors. Um, plus have a little bit of help because anyone who has tried to take a four-year-old, well, at that time, I guess she wasn't even quite four, um, on a quote unquote camping trip. Uh, it's challenging without help. So that was, <laughs> that was good that I had Jeff, dad and Amber, um, to kind of help yeah. enter- entertain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's always a good time going down there in the spring. You know, I, I was able to get some free turkey hunting scouting done. Didn't really pay off for me that much because the turkeys weren't there when season rolled around, but it was still nice. So Jeff, what's your, what's your memory? Uh, I think my favorite outdoor memory, uh, for this year, uh, me and my wife took a trip to Colorado, went to the Rocky mountain national park. Um, this was the second time we had, we had went and this time we got a little bit more off the beaten trail. And I think my, my favorite, you know, part of it was, uh, I mean, my wife went up on a, you know, in the mountains and did some glassing through the mountain peaks and, you know, looking for uh, bighorn sheep and we were, we were able to do it. You know, we were able to find them and we actually were able to kind of hike within shooting range, you know, so it is in a national park. So they don't have this great fear of humans, but, you know, we were able to get some really good views through binoculars. Um, And then also, uh, we were able to to find some moose and the moose 
shocked me. I mean, they're a huge animal, but they can disappear in the brush in a couple of seconds. <laughs> I mean, we were driving down the road. I saw this huge bull moose uh, out in a meadow. We parked the car and walked back towards that meadow and the moose was gone. Couldn't find it, you know, and it's a big open meadow and then it's uh, like aspen and conifer trees. And, you know, so you can see into the woods even. It's not like he could have went into the woods really and disappeared. And eventually we were able to kick back up on him because uh, some other hikers said that they saw uh, two two cow moose, you know, down down the trail, uh, going along the trail. And I assumed that this bull was rutting. So I we went towards where those cows had went and kind of intercepted him. You know, he was he, you know, was following them. Yeah. And so we got to get some good good views of him and it was just amazing how easily he could disappear and also how quick a moose moves you know it's i a, you think they're a big lumbering animal and they're not well it's 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 interesting and not you know not that i've watched a ton of moose but you know, even even an elk, right? Not that I've watched them in person, but, you know, you watch hunting shows or, you know, you see it on TV, YouTube, whatever. And you compare those things to a cow, you know, a farm-raised cow, and they're just very different things, right? Like yeah, a wild animal is, you know, I guess it needs to avoid predators, right? And so it's you know they're they're wiry they can like you said they can move they can get up and down mountains versus you know versus a cow that just kind of you know it's it's just mm-hmm. a very different thing yeah yeah i would compare a a moose to a horse like that's oh, okay yeah kind of you know they are they don't look like they're moving that fast, but they're cruising. You know, even when they're at a, a slow walk, they're really covering ground. Covering ground, yeah. So when they're actually running, they're going very fast. Cool. All right. So the next thing we were going to talk about is because we all enjoy some small game hunting. So your favorite small game hunting implement hunting tool hunting item um so for me where i went with this is i bought uh trying to remember if it was last year if it was early this year i don't remember but i i bought a pair of uh game shears and they don't have to be specifically game shears but just a pair of heavy duty shears for breaking down squirrels and that's my like it just makes 
your life so much easier. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, you know, for, for small game, breaking them down, getting them ready for the freezer, that's my favorite thing. Just, yeah, I just got simplifies a, things. I got a pair of those as well, and they're they're a game changer. It makes things a lot simpler. Yeah. You know, trying to break down a dove or a rabbit or a squirrel with a knife is a little challenging, especially compared to having a pair of game shears. I mean, you just cut it all up and it's done. Yeah. It makes me wish I had a big giant pair of game shears for deer. Although with a knife, maybe not. With a knife on a on a on a deer, right? You can get their joints apart pretty pretty quick. But right. And also, like a giant pair of game shears, that'd be like what, like the jaws of life or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, a big pair of like guillotine scissors or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. That's the only um, small game hunting item that when you just took mine, because that's, I think, the only small game hunting item. I haven't done much small game hunting at all. I've probably done the least. I know I've done the least out of all of us. Um, but not that anyone can buy this, but unless, Jason, you're planning on selling them. But the other thing that I'd liked is that little squirrel holder you made me where you tied them loops. Yeah on a like on a little clip or whatever you want to call it i didn't uh, know you were making these things i thought you just made one for yourself you made one for jacob <laughs> yeah yeah where's yeah. mine um <laughs> it'll be 1999 yeah yeah your, your birthday's uh not too far away you're right you're right <laughs> but so that's for- uh I haven't got it to use it much because when we went out together uh, squirrel hunting, I think we only shot one or two squirrels, so I haven't got to fill it up. But um, that's a pretty cool little thing that you created. I don't know where you got the idea for it. If you're an engineer, you probably just made it up. But that's pretty cool. So for for people listening, I'll I'll put a picture in the in the article that we that we do with this, but. Basically, I, I just took a carabiner and paracord and um, tied a. I'm trying to remember the name of the knot. Basically, a slip knot, it, but I, it was a maybe a trapper's knot or something like that. But it it slides along the length of the the paracord, so you have a a loop. You can put the squirrel's head in. It cinches down, and then you can you know you can just carry the carabiner. Or you can clip it to your pack or clip it to your belt or, you know, whatever. And then, you know, instead of hanging on to a bunch of squirrels while you're walking through the woods or, you know, trying to hang on to squirrel tails or something, you can, you just put them in these little loops and it holds them for you. So I'll put a picture in the, in the, uh, show notes. Yeah. Or in the, not in the show notes, the link to the article where the picture will be, will be in the show notes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of have two because there's there's two newer items that I small game items that I've been using and I haven't had a lot of time to test either one out a whole lot. Um, but they both seem really nice. Uh, the first one is for dove hunting 
Um, I purchased some uh, Federal Hybrid uh, ammunition. Uh, it's a it's an ounce and a quarter uh, shell, twelve gauge shell. Um, so you're getting a little little extra kick, um, you know, compared to uh, seven eighths or an ounce shots. Um, and so far, uh, I I like it. It extends your range a little bit with that, that little extra uh, of a payload. Um, and also, I I really like the wadding in it. I think it it holds the shot together a lot better than some other uh, ammunition I've tried. Um, so I'm still it, I hasn't it hasn't really proven itself yet, but uh, so far I've I've liked it. Um, the is other that, thing, what's that? I was just gonna say, is that is did that come from a listener recommendation after we sort of put the request out from our dove episode where you know we had issues with dust and feathers but not actually knocking birds out of the sky or was that something you found on your own um i actually i think i found it i'm trying to think of the name off of a youtuber uh i think it's bobby boy films he does a lot of waterfowl hunting um and he's he is sponsored by federal so he i mean he is biased um but you know he really was talking it up and it is it is more expensive than your your average dove loads or you know small game loads um but it's only a couple bucks per box more expensive and if it can make a big fun your your kill ratio it's you know it's definitely worth it yeah so because what yeah what what happens we went dove hunting in september and we had a lot of far shots yeah not springtime september yeah yeah <laughs> uh we had a lot of far shots the the birds were trying to come and land in the very tippy top of some dead trees so the shots were a little further and we were having trouble with connecting and actually dropping birds. So I you know started kind of looking around for what I could do, you know, if I wanted to uh increase my choke, you know, get a a more fuller choke or if I could find an ammunition that might help out and this is what i came up with and so far so good um but we'll see it hasn't had a whole lot of time to prove itself um and then my second item is uh i just got a brand new scope for my squirrel gun my 22 uh because i i had been using a just a very very cheap uh quarter inch uh tasco scope it was a quarter inch yeah yeah like a like almost like a bb gun scope maybe it was a half inch like tube oh you would you would most commonly see something like this on a bb gun 
Oh, okay. Um, but it, it did the job, you know, something I had on hand, I put it on a 22 and it, it did the job, you know, didn't have anything to complain about. So I went with it, you know, well, I ended up dropping my 22 and breaking the scope off of it. So I figured that was a sign that I needed to, to upgrade, you know, cause the, the, the quarter inch like BB gun scope that was on it. Uh, Dude, there's it, no way it's a quarter inch. Okay. Your little well, fingers then, bigger around than a quarter inch. Well then a half, it had to have been a half inch. It was, it was tiny. I didn't see this thing, but because right. Your normal, normal scopes are an inch, right? Yes, a one-inch like, tube is a common... Yes, yes, one-inch tube. So this had to have been... Maybe it was three-fourths. I don't know. Okay. It was small. It was... Yeah. Uh, the best way I can describe it is what you would commonly see on a on a BB gun. Sure. Actually, when we were kids, the BB gun we had... Yeah. The, the scope looked almost identical to that. Okay. Except it was a three, three by nine. Okay. Um, but it it was terrible in low light situations. You know, it got dark very easily because it didn't have a whole lot of lens to collect light. And I do the majority of my squirrel hunting late season, where even in the middle of the day, there's not usually a ton of light. Yeah. Um. So I. I upgraded and I wasn't looking for anything really all that high tech or, you know, high end because I don't do enough squirrel hunting to really warrant spending a ton of money. Um, and I'm not taking far enough shots really to warrant having a super high end scope. Uh, so I, I went with a, a BSA Sweet 22. It's uh, a scope made by BSA. Uh, it's specifically designed for 22s. It has, if you, it's a it's a three by nine, and it has adjustable or interchangeable. If you really want to do it, I haven't, but it has interchangeable turrets that you can change. Uh, based on your bullet weight. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten into that. That's a little more complex than I've ventured to get into. Also, I'm, you know, I have it sighted in and have, you know, 36 grain uh, ammunition. So I, I don't have any other ammunition of a heavier weight to switch to. So I haven't messed with it. But it seems to be a, a really good little scope. Um, cool. It, it's got a nice clear picture, and it I, I was it was I was able to get my gun sighted in right away with it, and I've I've busted a few squirrels with it, and it's doing the job. Awesome. I want to pause here real quick and talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastins, as you guys have heard me say, they've got 
really cool and interesting scent products. They've got your standard liquid scent, but they've also got scented candles. And, you know, you've heard me talk about the scented candles. I think late season is a great time to use those things. One, if you're using them in the double scent stacker, the the heated liquid kind of steams, right? And it kind of works as a, a wind indicator, right? The steam coming off of that. And also the double scent stacker keeps the candle from blowing out. But I'm going to run through the, the, the scent list for you. So they've got acorn, they've got anise, they've got apple, bacon, buck reaper, cinnamon, clover, full estrus, honey, persimmon, smell like a deer, and vanilla. And you might be thinking some of those scents you wouldn't use for deer hunting, and you'd be right, because they also, little known fact, uh, Mastin's Deer Scents also sell scents for predator hunting, bear hunting, coyote hunting, things like that. So that's what I mean when I, you know, when I've been saying they've got some cool and interesting products on their website, mastinsdeersense.com. Check them out and try some of their stuff. And with that, let's get back to the conversation with Jacob, Jeff, and I. All right. So now we're going to kind of go back to, um, you know, sort of family memories or, or things like that. So this one was something new you did, or I guess that's where I took this one something new you did or tried this year. So Jacob, uh, sort of mentioned this in his, his, uh, favorite hunt, but I also took Ella hunting and it, you know, it was, uh, not successful hunt in the sense that we didn't get a deer, but, uh, it was just, you know, it was early season, so it wasn't super cold and, it was just really fun to sit out there with her. You know, we sat in a blind and she, t- she took her socks and shoes off and we hung out and we got to see all kinds of birds and we heard an owl hooting and we, we did see some deer when we were walking out after dark. We, you know, we, I bought her a headlamp of her own, you know, and we were walking out and we saw quite a few, you know, I don't know, it was a five or six deer there that, uh, we, walked up on and it was uh just a fun cool experience she really enjoyed it she came home super excited and and talked about it a lot and so that was that was my uh something new I did I I took my my three-year-old daughter she just turned four but I at the time she was three I took my three-year-old daughter hunting for the first time yeah, to get on a side note, have you guys been noticing a lot more owls recently? Like, I don't, I can barely go out hunting anymore without seeing owls. I don't, I don't notice them up here as, as much, but I would notice them at the cabin. And for a while there, I was on a streak that if I heard an owl or saw an owl, then I would get a shot at a deer. Hmm, but I don't pretty... know. The the one time that I went hunting with Ella was the only time mm-hmm. up here that I've hmm. noticed uh, an owl. So, Jason, what you're saying is an owl's your spirit animal? Is that what we're getting at possibly, here? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't remember seeing a whole lot of owl, owls in the past, but it seems like almost every time I go out hunting now, I see an owl. Really? Or two. Yeah. 
I don't know. I saw a bunch down at the cabin this year. I doing, you know, just walking the woods and stuff. I saw quite a few, three or four in the three days I was down there. But I don't know that I saw any up here this year, at least. Hmm. Okay. So, Jake, what's your something new? Um, I took this kind of a different direction, I guess. Um, something new, I, I was thinking in terms of hunting. So something I knew I did or tried, uh, is I tried calling more, um, than I had in the past. I've never, I don't know. I don't claim to be a good caller at all. And every time I do call, I feel like I sound so ridiculous that no animal is going to come near. Like you do more Um, damage than good. Yeah. That's just kind of the feeling I had. So, but I know dad, especially during the rut, that guy rattles to end all rattles. I mean, he just rattles and rattles and (laughs) rattles and rattles. And so, and he always seems to have at least semi-decent luck with it. So this year I, decided to try doing more rattling, grunting, kind of blind calling in some situations and that kind of stuff. Um, and if anyone listened to the story of when I shot my buck, um, that's how I got that buck to come in. I mean, I was, in all honesty, I was kind of just screwing around, just making noise. <laughs> yeah. I was about ready to call it a, call it a morning, and I'm like, well, I'm going to just start making a bunch of noise and see what happens, I guess, for the last, you know, the next 15 minutes or whatever. And he came in, he just had to know what was going on. Something was causing a racket and he wanted to know. So that's something I tried. Um, I don't know, you know, I had, there was a lot of other times I made a lot of noise in the woods and didn't have any success. So I can't say just call a lot and you'll get a big deer. Um, <laughs> cause there was also a lot of times I just made a heck of a racket and probably did scare everything in the woods away so but that's something i tried at least during the rut you know for our rut weekend down at the cabin i tried doing a little more calling than i had in the past um didn't have success down there so i don't know that it really solved anything or but that's something i tried as i kind of made a conscious effort to try and do a little more calling and calling sequences and like mixing my rattling with some grunting and just kind of trying to play around with it a little more. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jeff, what's your something new? So my something new is also a a strategy. Um, and that's, uh, burp grunting. (laughs) I, I tried it this year and it worked. You know, I, I grunted in a deer by, you know, burping at it and so i i'm going to do it more in the future also we did a deer drive and uh i had to to burp a few times on it and you know it 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 is a skill to acquired skill to make your burps sound like grunts but uh you know i burp grunted a few times while I was doing the, the deer drive. And when we got done, the guy I was walking to was like, did, did anyone else hear that deer just grunting and making a noise? Just, <laughs> you know, making a racket yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, I just started dying laughing and 
you know, I yeah. told him what I was doing. And, you know, I had him fooled. So I figure if you get another hunter fooled, it's probably pretty good. Because yeah. I think hunters have better ears than the deer do. You know, if, if it sounds something like a grunt to a deer, they, they'll they investigate it. But a hunter is like, yeah, it's someone with a grunt call. Like, that's not an actual deer grunting. Well, and I, I would I would say deer can hear better but they I, I would have, i would agree that humans are maybe better at distinguishing right you you've right, got more right. complex thought ability to say like yeah no i don't um, i'm not buying that that doesn't sound quite right yeah 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 i think deer don't quite as much you know get that where like eh, that sounds like another deer so i'm gonna go check that out yeah okay so the next one here was favorite family memory so for me this uh, ella you know family of course ella ella made this list again and it was also with uh jeff and his wife we went i took ella fishing for the first time this year and we went over to, to jeff's house they got a pond and so we went over there and, and fished and she, she really enjoyed that. She, you know, she held some of the fish and threw them back and it was a, a good time. We went over there, you know, she, all summer, you know, we would spend an hour or two, you know, she just wanted to walk around the yard and, and dig holes in the yard and look for worms, you know? And so it was, it was a good time. It was a fun experience she enjoyed it. It was, uh, you know, we got to spend the, the morning with Jeff and his wife and it was, uh, Jeff caught some, some pretty nice bass on, on Ella's little, uh, pink bass pro, uh, fishing rod. And yeah, <laughs> so, it, yeah, so it was, it was a fun morning. So that was, that's what I had for my favorite, uh, family memory of this year. Jake, what'd you have? Uh, mine's a duplicate, I guess. It's, um, again, when Lily and I went hunting this year. Um, but specifically, um, part of that, or I guess the part of that that is, was my favorite, was kind of after we had um, shot the deer. We had shot, or I had shot the deer. She was in the blind with me. Um, you know, we did the normal, what you would do with a, kid you know i calmed her down or you know we waited and i had i mean i it was a small deer i had pretty much seen it fall it didn't so there wasn't a whole lot of tracking but i let her go find blood and we tracked it and you know i let her walk right up on it and so that was cool and then originally my plan was i was going to take her home before i started the gut and gillen process because i didn't know if she would be ready for, you know i didn't want to scar her yeah. basically so i you know we got there but it was getting dark and i said to her you know i said i can run you home um and then i'll come back and do you know take care of the deer if you want or you know you can stay i said but this part's kind of gross i have to cut the deer open and you know kind of take the guts out the insides out because those don't taste good and uh, I was trying to kind of explain it to her 
you know, like I said, she's four. Um, and she, she did not want to go home. She didn't want to miss anything. So she goes, Oh no, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay. And I was like, are you sure? You know, if you want, you can stay. I said, I'm just going to have you stand back. Cause it's going to be bloody and kind of yucky. Um, and she did, she stood there and watched me do the whole thing. Um, told me it smelled bad, <laughs> but, which it did. It did. Yeah, that deer smelled. I don't know what was up with it. I don't it, know. But I don't know. It tastes it fine. It was a stinky deer. It was a stinky deer, yeah. So now, to this day, she still calls it her stinky deer. Um, <laughs> but she did a really good job. And then uh, as we were, you know, I, at that point, after I'd gutted it, I had her help me drag it. You know, I pulled the drag rope to it, and I was dragging it over to the truck. It wasn't super far, but I let her grab onto the rope and help pull and I'm more, I ended up pulling her and the deer, but, um, you know, that was all fun. And as we were kind of dragging and walking back to the truck, she said to me, she said, daddy, I think maybe next year or no, not next year. She didn't say next year. She said, daddy, some, some, someday I want to shoot a deer. And I said, well, maybe next year, you know, we'll have to do some practicing. And she goes, but I never want to cut their guts out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i said oh that's fine you don't have to that's what dad's for <laughs> yeah but so that was probably my favorite just you know it's kind of the same story but kind of the end of that or that part of it just because we got to kind of share that experience together and yeah now anytime we cook up venison we tell her you know that we're eating her that's one way we get her to eat is anyone who has young children you know they can be a little picky at times <laughs> so we uh we tell her she's eating her deer and then she's got to eat it yeah so that's cool mm-hmm. all right jeff what do you got well i kind of was gonna say both of those ones that you guys shared oh. um you know having jason having your daughter come over and fish in my pond was you know that was a good memory uh i had spent some time you know stocking the pond and so it it paying off with people getting to enjoy it was was really nice um and then after jacob shot that deer with his daughter uh dad and i went over and it was really cool you know seeing lily's you know say like you know come look at my deer and you know, yeah. she was trying to show her deer off and she, you know, she really wanted, for some reason, she didn't want her mom to really see it until after we had taken the skin off and then her mom had to come see it <laughs> and her mom didn't want to see it then, you know, it was starting to get a little gory yeah. and she's like, mom, no, you have to come see my deer. So that was, that was funny. That yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, because, yeah, Lindsay, uh, my wife, is she's all supportive of us deer hunting, but she likes to see the deer whole, and she likes to see the deer in one-pound freezer-wrapped packages. She doesn't really <laughs> want to see any of the middle part. Yeah. Um, that's just something that she has no interest in seeing, the cutting it up and processing. She wants that done somewhere else out of her sight so it was kind of funny when it came down to it because she had you know that tension of 
Lily wanting it and her really not wanting to see it. Yeah. So she, I think she just kind of poked her head out of the door, out of the door and was like, Oh yeah, that's nice. I don't know that she ever even looked at it, but <laughs> what you need is a deer that, uh, after you shoot it, you open it up and instead of guts, it just has one pound freezer wrap packages falls out. That's right. That'd be her kind. She would deer hunt if that was the case. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. So this has been a pretty good list. The 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 one we were going to end on here is your favorite hunting related Christmas gift. So for me, I went. I got a um a Gerber. It's a it's a new Gerber knife. And for those of you that listen, I don't even know what episode it was, but. Uh, I carry a Gerber pocket knife and I've just had good luck with, with Gerber knives. And so I got a new Gerber. Was it a Gerber hunt. knife that fell in the toilet? Yes. Okay. Fell in the porta potty. Yeah. So yeah, we t- we've told that story before, right? Yes. That's why I was okay. saying, I don't know what episode it was, what, okay. what episode number that was, but we've told that story. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so I got a Gerber. It's the, the Gerber myth and, it just I just really like this knife. It's got kind of a short as far as like it's a fixed blade knife. It's got a shorter kind of stout blade on it and it's just got a good I think it's a drop point shape, which I I just really like that shape for a hunting knife on, you know, on the blade. It's got a good kind of I don't want to say grippy in the sense of like sticky, but it's got it's texturized and a little rubberized on the handle, so it 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 just holds really well. And then it's got a little carbide um, sharpener in the end of the in the end of the the holder, the the sheath or whatever, so you can kind of touch it up as you're using it. So that was my uh, my favorite, Jake. Where what? Uh, how about you? What'd you get for Christmas? So for me. Uh, I guess it kind of falls as Christmas gift. I didn't get it for Christmas, but, um, right around Christmas, we, um, went out to our grandpa's and kind of divided up some of his hunting stuff, um, that he wanted to leave to us. You know, we kind of, so we went out the three of us and dad, you know, we kind of divided that all up. Um, and one of the things that I did get, um, it was kind of an afterthought at the time, but he had a bu- all kinds of knives. Um, but I just, we just each took a couple of them and then left a bunch, you know, kind of for other people or whatever. Cause he just had all kinds of knives and, but I did get one that it's an, I don't even know what kind of knife it is. It's a little bit older knife. Um, but it, it, uh, has like a, I don't even know if it's real antler, but it the handle almost looks like it's cut out of an antler. It might just be totally fake. I don't know. But I sharpened that knife up the other day, and I haven't used it for a deer yet, um, obviously, but it sharpened up real nice. So I'm kind of excited about it to see kind of what what the future holds with it. Um, I didn't kind of ex- – it was just an old dull knife, and I wasn't expecting much, but I sharpened it up and – seems to hold a real good edge you know i seems like it's gonna be a real nice knife for me so i'm kind of excited about that 
That's cool. And for for yeah. listeners that don't know or or you know have maybe started following us since we've we've joined the Sportsman's Nation, our grandfather actually passed away this year, and so there you know that that kind of um, as Jacob alluded to, right? He, you know, one of the things that he wanted us to have was you know some of his old uh, hunting and, and shooting stuff. So some of that hunting heritage just you know came from him and and was passed down to us, and so those those kind of things hold a special place in our in our hearts there so that's cool though that'll be cool to uh it'd be cool to use it on a deer that you shot out on the farm out there that would be cool hopefully muzzleloader i can put it to work yeah so all right we got two knives jeff where are you at what what's uh what was your favorite christmas gift my favorite Christmas gift, um, I got a uh, a Mojo Dove decoy. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a wind-powered one. Um, I chose not to get the the Voodoo one because um, it's twice the price. You know, the one I got was around 15, 20 bucks, you know, in that, that price range. Um and it's got wind power, you know, the wings are wind powered, the wind blows and it moves the wings, flaps the wings. Um, I chose not to get the voodoo one, the battery powered one, uh, mostly because I wanted to use it for late season dove hunting and it's going to be cold. It's, you know, it's cold in Ohio and I figured the batteries would get zapped and, you know, having to worry about batteries when you're wanting to go out hunting is, you know, just another thing to forget. And if you yeah. don't have the batteries, then your your decoy's not working. Where I'd rather rely on the wind to be blowing than remembering batteries or having batteries charged. So, so I haven't haven't gotten to use it yet, but I'm excited to to try it out. So since I'm such a, a dove hunting noob, is the battery powered versus wind powered? Is that the only difference, or what's the difference between the the Voodoo decoy and the one you got? Yeah, I think it's just battery powered versus uh, wind powered. You know, the battery powered one, a bat. You know, it's got a little motor in it that moves the wings, where the wind one just requires the wind to flap the wings spin the wings so is that um is that like the voodoo is their voodoo line their their battery powered line of decoys i'm pretty sure yeah yeah i don't know what if if the one i have has a name but i know the voodoo line i'm pretty sure is their battery line mojo's battery line you know because they have duck and uh, teal decoys and stuff like that. Okay. All right. Well, those were the things we wanted to cover. Like I said, I, I enjoy kind of sitting down at the end of the year and, and I realized this is, you know, after the first of the year, but just thought it would be cool to kind of reflect on our 2019. I think it's good to look back on those, those times and, and, remember things, um, reminisce on things, remember things you could learn from. And so hopefully you guys do something similar and then you can look forward to 
making new memories in 2020. So this was fun. Okay, so that's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully you guys had a good 2019. Hopefully your hunting season was good. Hopefully things with your family were good. And hopefully you're looking forward to 2020. I know we are. You know, we've we've recently joined the Sportsman's Nation, which has been exciting and interesting. And, And so we've got a lot of things, right? Things that we've got going on in our heads. Uh, behind the scenes that we're working on, trying to make things better, more interesting, uh, better better guests, better content, that sort of thing. So stay tuned for 2020 and, and what's in store. One other thing I'll mention is we sort of quietly added an Ohio Huntsman sticker to our, our store. So we've got the vinyl uh, transfer decals. I, I think you guys have seen those. If you haven't, go to ohiohuntsman.com slash apparel, and then there's a decals button. Uh, but we also just added just a plain sticker, a peel and stick sticker. Comes in a couple, like I think from a, a three inch square up to like a five inch square uh, sticker, which is our, our logo with the, the deer head with the outline of Ohio. And uh, yeah, so if that's something you're interested, blah, 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 interested in, go to ohiohuntsman.com slash apparel and hit the decals button and you can see that stuff for yourself and with that thanks everybody at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.